Hello, everybody. Welcome back to True Print for Life. Uh, today, we're so excited to have an amazing guest with us, as always. And I am your co-host, Mylene Samboys. And I am your host, Christina Vera. Yes, today I feel like it's definitely going to be a vibe of an episode. Um, if, as you know, if you're new to our um, our podcast, we have a lot of different I feel like unique but interactive episodes where we get the opportunity to bring in so many different experts Um, and not just experts in a way of like credentials, but but people who really walk the talk and the messages that they give to the world every single day. And today is nothing short of that. Um, We do have a guest with us, um, Miss Daryl Griffith, who is I mean, I so I had an opportunity to meet Daryl last year now. It's yeah. so crazy how quickly time flies. And it's interesting because here in the podcast, we often talk about, like, you just never know when an opportunity is going to present itself, whether it be for something professional or even personal to where you make a connection and you're like, wow, like, this is a really incredible person. And if I hadn't said yes to this, this wouldn't have happened. Or if I hadn't gone, I wouldn't have met Mylene 13 years ago. And so there's always these like aha situations when you make the effort to show up, whether you're comfortable or if you have somebody to go with. And I feel like that's exactly what happened and how I got to meet Daryl almost over a year ago at this point. Um, We were both on a panel for a woman's focus summit and I met her and I was instantly like her energy I gravitated towards. And so, I mean, she's a creative culinarian Mm -hmm. over a a term or phrase (laughs) that I feel like she created. Uh, She's an advocate of community health and wellness. Uh, She's a blogger. She's a chef. I mean, she really, and she's just like overall a lover of life. And I, I, if you know Daryl, it's to experience Daryl. And I think that um, I really had the opportunity just to be like, I don't know her, but I want to know her. And that's how I felt about you when I met you so many years ago. I'm like, she's great. I have to talk to her. I don't know why, but I think she's awesome. And so, Daryl, thank you so much for saying yes and being here with us today. I am so overjoyed. Thank you both for having me here. Um, when I met you, Christina, I felt very similarly, like drawn to your energy. Um, I also saw you as just as like, she looks like she's on her stuff. Like <laughs> you were dressed to the nines. And I remember um, we got together before the summit and just even being in that space with so many women who we're like-minded, driven um, from different disciplines. It's and, and that's something that always brings me joy is like the community found in those yeah. spaces. And uh, even getting to meet Mylin now, this yeah. is a new extension of that community. So I can't wait to talk more with you guys about that. <laughs> yes. And I think, you know, like Daryl, just meeting you um, and I've I learned a lot about your professional accolades and I mean, you have done so many incredible, impactful things for for women in our community. But I guess I like I, I always am curious about like the background behind like how like your passion for you know community and health and wellness and just like all the projects you're working on right now. Like, where does that come from? Is that part of like childhood experience or like at what point in your journey did you feel like okay, this is my gift to the world? Mm. That's a great question. I um, so in preparing for this, I saw the question of you know talk about your personal background and experience, and I have just had like a myriad of experiences, and so I was like, where do I start with that? But I appreciate you mentioning childhood because I do think a lot of what I I know to be true of myself now started there, and I think for a lot of people it does tend to start there. Um, so side note, I'll be turning thirty in like two weeks and so people welcome to the club come on in come on in the room I'll be waiting in the 40s let me know when you get up here Mm -hmm. it's great here it's really great I've heard the 30s are the girls like this is the time Um, so I'm really excited but I've also heard you know that it's like that return Um, some people refer to Saturn's return or maybe just that return to kind of childhood and bringing yourself back to a place that 
maybe has been untouched for a while or maybe you didn't even realize was there. And so for me, I think a lot of my community health and wellness journey does start when I was younger. Um, I, as especially as like a young younger black woman living in kind of predominantly white community, I became very aware of my body at like a very young age and more specifically how different my body was than the people around me um, and even within my own family. So I have two sisters. They're amazing. I have two um, great mom and dad and, um, you know, they're still together and, and we've been able to have a really blessed family structure in that way. Um, but I grew up knowing that, you know, my size was a little bit different at the time. So I was a little bit heavier than I was, than I am now probably even, and at the time even like compared to my sisters. So I started to notice it more when I went to family functions and things like that, because I get different little comments made here and there. And there were things that like, in all practice could be just seen as like that familial nudge, that kind of like, you know, I'm going to tease you, but I don't want you to take it, you know, it's hard, yeah. it's ideal. <laughs> um, but at a, at a young age, it was really hard for me to not take it to heart. And especially, I think, growing up in a space where I didn't see myself, I didn't see my body, a lot of times I was like, well, maybe I am, maybe there is something wrong. Like, I'm different. Um, I don't fit in quite with what I'm seeing right now. And so for me, I look to a lot of like mainstream culture, a lot of like, well, the tabloids are saying these six moves will get you the tiniest, you know, the mm -hmm. thinnest six pack abs or, you know, take these moves and you'll be in like the perfect shape or health and wellness. Um, a lot of which, you know, now I understand was commercialized to make, you know, a certain body image look a certain way, a lot of unrealistic body standards that way um, and especially as a woman I understood the kind of um, way in which body image and beauty was placed on mm -hmm. myself at a young age and a lot of women across the United States so from that I started to kind of figure it out on my own like figure it out in ways that made sense to me at the time so especially as a young girl I was like well, I just need to work out. I just need to work out. And it sounds like at this time, you know, eating and my diet at that point too was something that I didn't have as much control over because I was in my, my parents' household. And my mom made amazing food. I mean, that's where I got my love for how to cook. My mom made amazing food. We ate very well. We had great food. Um, but again, like I saw that as like, well, do I need to, you know, limit myself in this area? Do I need to restrict the way that I'm eating so that I can match these standards that I'm seeing, which are honestly like thin, white, and not and skinny, and like not at all like straight hair and all of that stuff. So, in this kind of like way in which I started to identify my own body, I found myself struggling with like eating patterns. Definitely would say like undiagnosed eating disorders to extent, and I didn't even realize it until I had a friend who uh, I had two really close friends at the time and we were like the people you'd always see like at the lunch table together mm -hmm. and um, nobody really like came and bugged us or anything. Like we were all pretty like well like received. Not a lot of people picked on us or anything, but we were definitely kind of like some oddballs, just some like cool chicks doing their own thing. And, um, but one of them, she came to me on the bus one day and she was like, hey, like I noticed you don't eat during lunch anymore. And I like realized how embarrassed I was that she even like realized that about me. And I realized how embarrassed I was that not only she saw that, but that from what I understood I was doing, I was like, oh, these are the ways you get yourself into this shape. But it was this like very distorted version of like obviously being a lot younger and not knowing, you know, the health implications of not eating enough and not fueling yourself. Um, but then also just being impressionable and young and wanting to fit in and wanting to have friends that saw you the way, you know, you saw them, which was like great people. So 
that story, um, which I don't share often, but kind of started and I feel like is like the inception of where my health journey began because after that, um, I got into college and I was going in. So this was like middle school through high school. I was having some of these kinds of thoughts and, and I did sports. I was like really actively involved. Um, and I was to a point where when I got to college, aware of like ways to kind of like keep my body the way I wanted it to look and things like that. But I felt myself still unsatisfied. Like I didn't feel like because I looked a way that I was expecting to look that it felt any better for me. Um, because I realized that there was so much of myself that was like feeding into these negative perceptions of just like, oh, you weren't this. And even though you've done these things, you still aren't enough. It's still not enough. And so through that kind of um, honestly like battle with self, I started to realize how much like and how many people would see me and think like, oh, Daryl, like you're always smiling, you're joyful, like you have all these things going for you. Um, but knowing how I felt on my on like on my insides, I was like, I can only imagine how many people who for for not having that friend who would have said, hey, I noticed this about you or having a support system like my parents and my family to be able to, you know, check in on me and make sure that I was doing okay. But most importantly, just to like let me know that like I was being seen and that somebody else saw me. So um, it started with me as far as I would say like my health journey and as it grew I started to, when I went to college for OSU, I went for community health and wellness, actually in nutrition. Uh, and then I ended up getting kind of rocked out of my socks by organic chemistry and a bunch of other heavy science-based classes and coursework that um, didn't end up making me continue on that major path. But what happened was during my time at OSU, I became a student telecounselor, which was at first just a job to like, let me, you know, talk to some kids about what they plan to do with college, sometimes kids, parents, um, and get a little extra cash because I was like freshman, sophomore. I'm like, I'm growing up. I need to get myself a job. <laughs> Got to start making money. And so, um, but what was really cool about the program was that it offered the opportunity to kind of be, um, educated on new programming that was happening at Ohio State. And so the College of Public Health was getting established at that time. And when I heard about it, at first I was like, oh, like, so this is talking about health. It's talking about in like a community macro level setting, which is something I always like was drawn to or appreciated. Um, and then it also just felt a little less um, linear than when I was in nutrition, you kind of had to go into like a didactics program mm -hmm. or you would become like, um, whether it was like a dietitian per se through like a hospital setting or another organization. And that wasn't exactly what I saw myself doing, but mm -hmm. I felt the knowledge applied still. Um, so going into that role, I found out more about public health and that was kind of what shifted my education towards the latter half of my years. And I graduated with um, a bachelor's in sociology, uh, global public health and business. And that was kind of what set the base, I think, for the foundation of like where I went next with it, um, which I feel like I'm talking. No, <laughs> no, no, I guess that's the point. But yeah. <laughs> but um, from there, that's when I, I started to get into community health work. And um, when I graduated from OSU, my parents were like, you can either move back home or you can find a job up here. And I was like, I'm gonna find a job up here. Yeah. So <laughs> I went ahead and applied to some positions that felt right. They felt very service-based. And that was kind of like my my heart was around the service of it. And so I, I went ahead and applied for a position working in the community um, around actually HIV AIDS work, which was something that I had only heard about through like the few college like you get like one day of or like one little significant program of like, this is like sexual health and like these are ways you can keep yourself safe and protected. And I remember specifically on campus, they had like a week where there was like kind of finals events and programming and one of them was to get tested. Um, but again, like I had no idea, like even at that age, what transmission of it meant and so many other educational components. But being in that position, um, what I found was really pivotal to my profession. Professional life was like I worked with people who again like 
they were just not seen. Like, I mean, I was counseling individuals before um, providing services and some of the stories for one felt like, I was like, I feel like I need a license to actually yeah. service this person, right? right? Um, Cause very deep, like um, behavioral and mental health things that people would disclose with you um, for the purpose of what you were doing. It was, it was helpful, but it, it always felt a little, again, like unfulfilling just to see them walk out of there. Yeah. And I'm like, I can offer you this answer or this right. result. Right. But I can't really, you know, serve you in another way. Um, and I'll never forget one of the one of the most like significant individuals I had spoken with, we were working with like a harm reduction group and we were providing testing. And I had someone literally tell me that I was the first person who'd made eye contact with them in years that they'd remembered. And that even like being in that moment, like brought me to tears for mm -hmm. one, cause I kind of caught off guard, just not knowing everybody's story when they walk in. Um, but it also really like showed me the ways that God was using me in other people's life to showcase that there's hope, that there's joy to be found, and that there are people who are here to care for you and want to continue to serve you in the way that you need to be. So it, it was kind of coming into some of those populations that I didn't know as well even coming into the job and didn't even expect to have to necessarily service but being willing to and just allowing myself to be used in that way that really started to drive how I was looking at, you know, what I want to do and who I want to be and how I want to help other people. Um, so it, it kind of started, I guess, in a long way of uh, a long way of summarizing that. Um, I feel like it started with me like getting to the heart of kind of like the common denominator, which I just think is that, you know, people want to belong, people want to be seen, and they want to be heard. And, and I really hope and I believe that through community health and wellness, a lot of times we can achieve those things. Um, it just takes the right people kind of being in the fold. So yeah. Wow, I feel like there was just so many like, just like, um, I feel like the <laughs> firework moments just in hearing kind of what you're sharing, because, um, you know, what, what I really appreciated about just what you shared and thank you for sharing because I think that's also very um, important as you mentioned like being able to really connect with a person and make eye contact. Mylene actually was talking about a um, an event she recently went to where that was like a common thread and just like you know this idea of asking people how they're doing you know just expecting like almost like a superficial answer mm. but then just being able to really just look at a person yeah. and sense and and really um be able to have that connection to say no how are you really doing and not even having to articulate something it's just this feeling or this energy that you know, you know, like hmm, something is off. And, and I think that, so I appreciate that you, you know, are being so transparent about how some of your childhood, you know, things that you were dealing with, I think in a way kind of opened you up to this, this lens of the empathy piece of it and the, in the, the ability to see people for who they are, because you yourself felt like you were not being seen for who you are. And at least that's what my interpretation of hearing that was. And when you said that, you know, it just felt right for you to enter into this, this space of service and community health. Um, I think that's such a big thing because I feel like growing up, there was this different approach to how we were supposed to look at careers. It wasn't about what felt right, you right. know, at least not in my household. Or mine. You know, or because we've talked about this, like, I think in our family households, you know, we, we had a very different um, experience with how, you know, my mother raised me and how her mother raised her. It was more of like, no, no, you go find a job and it doesn't matter if it feels right. It don't There's matter. There's no feelings. No, no, There's no, no feelings. No, no, no. no, no. That? That's a luxury. I think like, I learned girl, more feelings when I was did. a grown person. <laughs> no, I'm like, feelings? Watching Nickelodeon a little too much <laughs> because that was not what, you know, you, 
as you stated, it was just like you were constantly being like the media and what you saw on TV and what you're, you know, some people maybe even from school, it was like, okay, you have these options. You could be a nurse. You could be, you know, you could be teacher. go to the military. You could mm-hmm. be a teacher. You could do this. And then in your mind, you instantly begin to like, you know, narrow down what you think your purpose and your impact on the world really can be. And that's just from such an early age, if you're not fortunate to have people who are really like, no, like, you know, you can be whatever you want to do. You can, you can, you know, you can be in in this industry. And so when you say it felt right, I, I appreciated that because I think we as a, a generation really have to start thinking about like, not just from what's financially beneficial for me to be in this particular industry, but really with a lens of how can I take my experience or my trauma or my, you know, gift to the world and how can I use that to serve and impact other people's lives and do it for a living? Like that's mm-hmm. it. And, and it, pay my bills. Yeah, and pay my bills. And pay my bills. Right. Take the roof over my head, yo. They come every month. Like, You're right. you know, this month is almost over. Am I like, ready? Okay. <laughs> But I love when you say scene, and I think I was curious to hear what was your reaction or your response to your friend when she said that, right? Because, you you know, you felt shame and you felt, I mean, even though you were, you felt seen, it was probably one of the first few times I feel like you felt seen by someone, and it may have felt like a shameful scene because you didn't want that to be seen, right? Yeah. But it was. And, and looking back, I can probably, I can see the correlation between that story and the story of the person that felt seen for the first time in a long time by you, right? So there's a lot of things. So first I want to know, what was your response to your friend? Do you remember? So I do remember. Um, I, I remember that, well, I'll say this. I remember that my response was pretty uh, visceral on the side of like, what are you talking about? Like type of thing, you know, that kind of like shameful. And we're on a bus, right? So we're like on our way home. I mean, there's only so many places. I can't really like hide at this point, right? And this was uh, one of my good friends that like I sat next to every day. We have one ear pod and then one ear, other ear pod, (laughs) you know? And so it was, yeah, I felt like my response to her was very like, it was a negative version of saying like, no, but more so like, how did you know? Like, Mm -hmm. how did you see? that like was and to the point that you made about um growing up uh I I didn't mention too like my parents are both uh ridiculously educated in in a lot of ways and that pressure sometimes I feel like in my career has progressed to like so the expectation was like you know doctor lawyer all those kinds of things um, and so going through some of those experience, I started to realize, like, like you said, what did feel right. So I think like I always knew those were options. And I think that was kind of a blessing that I received was like, do you can do anything like that was always something that my parents were like, you can do anything, be anything. Um, you, you might want to choose the right, right. one. I want to tell you, you what to do, to but you know. do. But, uh, yeah. You know, but what so, makes most money, though? Yeah. Yes. So, and being seen to them as, um, to, to kind of bring it back to being seen, being seen as, like, high achieving was really important, right? Like, in my household, too. So when I was seen by this person as something that felt, like, icky, it felt bad I was like it was almost even a double down of like oh like my parents would be disappointed in me if they even knew these kinds of things because it it was something that was private like I don't even think I've had this conversation with I still haven't had this conversation like with my family or with my parents um and and my friend I think if she were to hear this she would definitely remember this conversation that we had um but I mean to that point I want to say thank you to her because I don't think I would have you know taken that level of self awareness at that time had she not said something to me and it's a catalyst I also like and it brought me when you said this person said I looked at them in the eyes it brought up to me how we show up and I think Christina does a great job bringing this up a lot of times which is like how are you choosing to show up and 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 the field that we choose to to work in right because many times we have a choice 
sometimes we see people that come to do this work, right? And they're rude and they, they're there, they're like on a clock and, and they're not really there for the people. And it's like, you're just here to collect a check and you're doing more harm than doing good because all you want to do is pay a bill, right? And, and, and many times, sadly, those people need support, right? And they haven't opened up to get the support that they need. But it was to me almost like a light when I, when I heard that story from you because it, it just really told me volumes about how you show up and how intentional you are about alleviating some of the pain that some people feel because you know what it's like to feel like you don't belong. You know what it's like to feel like not seen. So that that hurt of your youth, you know, I always say I want hurt to be a blessing, not just for me, but for others, because otherwise it's just a, a wasted hurt. And I hate wasted hurts. Right. <laughs> like so, somebody got to learn from this. <laughs> Don't let your pain be in, in, in vain. Don't make it be Tell a somebody. Yes. Help somebody out. No. Yes. So thank you for, for choosing to do that, you know, and to get into where you are. Um, Christina talked a little bit to me about your wellness and how much you you really enjoy that and, and your journey so far to the point of where you were in school and helping others. But how have you taken kind of like ownership of your own wellness? Because you're amazing. Like, you look amazing. I just yeah. met you yeah. personally today. And I'm like, oh, yes, we're going to be friends. Yes, cook, guys. Great. You know, I love to eat. Like, okay. I feel like this is an instant community. This is instant right here. You know, but how, what kind of steps have you taken to take care of yourself as you serve others? To make sure that you're whole and that you're full in your cub. Because serving others, it is very draining, no matter how much we love to do it. So can you share with the audience a little bit of what you do to stay full? Ooh, I feel like you're testing me now. <laughs> I feel like you're testing me now because um, that's a great, a great question around, especially... Um, for one, I think being aware that your cup is empty, right? <laughs> because I think a lot of times we'll just keep going and going and going. And then when you turn the cup over and it's like nothing's coming out, you're like, where did it all go? Yeah. And it, it went here, it went there, it went to so many places outside of yourself. And I think for me, um, what I've really done, especially I would say in the last two years. So um, my current position at Ohio State, I'm very... Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to say You can. Like whatever, whatever, whatever you want to share. Yeah, whatever you want to share. Yeah, my current position at Ohio State, um, I'm very fortunate because I work in a space that is dedicated to providing some of these work considerations, work-life balance considerations, and influencing even policy at the university level to make sure that, you know, some of the things that I think people have come out of remote work for those who have been able to take advantage of it. You know, they've been able to see some benefits within their personal lives or even just um, more uh, alignment with their personal lives and duties and responsibilities that happen. So with that, um, my job, I think, has given me a lot of ample opportunity to while I work in the space of diversity, equity, and inclusion, we do a lot of really great um, wellness kind of checks. And that's actually something that as a part of my department, I've decided to take on as helping to be like a wellness innovator for our space is what it's called. And so really integrating both for in the personal, like professional uh, space workplace, like some, you know, uh, for example, I just learned this actually, but they say like a meeting should not be longer than an hour. So it should be like 50 minutes technically, right? And practicing some of these skills that at the end of the day may seem like kind of like minuscule, but will ultimately help with your overall well-being, being in the workplace and ultimately being able to function in those spaces. And then outside of the workplace, I think this remote flex opportunity has given me the opportunity for one to if I need to be working during a certain time, the flexibility to maybe be doing that in my own way. So that might be coming to a place like Cohatch and having my laptop set up and looking at some beautiful women and people around me working hard too. And I think creativity and environment is like really important. Like the, So that's one thing that I think is key. Um, and then for myself, I think the biggest things I do is just like anybody else, I, I continue to experiment kind of with what that looks like for 
Um, for right now, I've been using an app called I Am that's like really, yes. Oh my yes. gosh, love it's it. It's so good. Yes. Listen. So good. And I'll be getting notifications. And at the right like, time, You right? know what I'm at the right exact time. <laughs> and it's so helpful because I really... Um, didn't practice saying affirmations until like probably the last like two or three years. Um, but I found that in saying that and even just using my voice, because um, despite the questions and answers that I'm going through right now, I am pretty quiet sometimes. I can be really introverted, introverted, extrovert. Um, and so saying out loud and speaking that life over myself has been so beneficial to refilling myself, being self-aware of like where I'm at. And then honestly, like sometimes for me, it refilling my cup looks like me just sitting on the couch and like laying there and something from Netflix being on that I probably don't care to really see how it ends, but it's just there and I'm just kind of in a moment of not concerning myself with maybe what's going on on my personal to-do or even in the world around me because there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Yeah. I came into this conversation and we had just had a conversation in um, my previous meeting about uh, the... Roe v. Wade overturning oh, yeah. and all these other yeah. I, so. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna deal with this right now. I got <laughs> things to do, but yeah, okay. yeah. self care, yeah, yeah, for right now, for right, right now. for right now. So that, yeah. those are those kinds of things that I've done that have helped. So and I appreciate I you saying that because it's it's such a um, it's it's almost kind of like you know how we have all these operational procedures for business, Everything. our jobs, like there's all these checklists, mm -hmm. and yet we are running our biggest, most important enterprise every single day, which is us. The temple. Uh. And yet we don't necessarily put that level of intention into our daily, mm. you know, routines. And we often, you know, we talk about these things, not because we're experts, because we're not, um, in terms of creating, you know, routines. And I think um, we had a guest a few episodes back and I asked her, I said, you know, what keeps you motivated? And she was like, okay, let's talk about motivation for a second, <laughs> which I appreciate her saying that because she was like, because some days you are not going to be motivated. Mm. So it can't be that we're constantly looking for motivation to do the things that we need to do to either be just, you know, better as everyday living or better in business or what have you. And she said, it's about discipline. And so when Santoria said that, I just was like, yeah, yeah she like, said it. She was Santoria, like, it's about yeah. discipline, mm -hmm. which made me think about routines and creating those, you know, I don't want to use operational procedures. That's just so But you hear all these people about like, OK, what's your routine look like? I'm like, I don't know. I just wake up, you know, but it, it was it got me to start thinking a few years ago when COVID first hit the scene you know my everybody's world was just turned upside down and yeah. you know and I have you know children and like my every like what I found that I needed I wasn't putting as a priority because now I was I was just trying to survive you were and a mom I, a teacher yeah a CEO. like there were so many things and because I didn't have that plan I never really had this real plan of like okay no matter what happens I got to make sure I do this, this, and this, and this. And so when I watch, when I follow you on Instagram, um, I feel like sometimes like just watching your cooking videos or when you do like a yoga or when you're working out, I'm thinking like, damn, did I eat today? Or like, <laughs> I, I, I need to go work out, you know? And so I guess I would love to hear kind of your input on like what your thoughts are on like morning and evening routines and like, you know, kind of for a person who's just like, okay, I don't have it or I, maybe I have a little bit of it. Like what is like kind of your thought process and what does that look like for you in your everyday life as to like creating these these habits really mm -hmm. this and disciplines. this disciplines that we need to really be able to refill that cup because I hear people say like you can't give from an empty cup yes. but I'm like, well, how do I fill it how <laughs> do I <laughs> tell me what I gotta do to put more back in here yeah. yeah 
Yeah, I. Um, that's a great question because I think um, it kind of goes back to, again, starting for one, like with you and, and understanding what it is your goal is. So when I think about, like you said, like filling your cup, what does filling your cup look? And sometimes it takes like literally just thinking about it. Like um, I've had to take time where I'm like, what do I enjoy doing? Um, I have been in a relationship now for for a little over like two years. And I've noticed even in my tendencies with like how we do activities, I'm like, oh, what do you want to do? Like, oh, like we could just do, we could just eat whatever you want. I'm very like amenable to that point. And lately um, he's like, I think you're turning 30 for real because <laughs> I've been like, yeah, no, I want to eat this instead tonight. You know, no, I'm thinking we can watch this on Netflix. Like I want to do these things. So I think going back to saying like what it is that fills your cup and then when it comes to building like a routine around that, identifying like really the small ways that that can start. Because to be honest, I think especially now, at least what I see sometimes on social media is this like, this is my morning routine. And it's like tea. I woke up. Yeah. I had a devotional. I wrote an entire thesis. And I'm like, wow, like these people are amazing. Yeah. And there are really amazing people. Um, but and they may have built that routine. So when yeah. I hear people ask about like even for me cooking or working out, um, kind of going back to my story. I mean, I've been cooking since I was like 12 years old. I've been working out since I was, you know, whether the best of ways or not, like I've been working out for a time to where it's habit, to where your body almost will tell you before you tell yourself like, oh, something's different. You didn't do this today. So um, something I would really say for people who are looking is, you know, starting with like a small goal and knowing the why behind it. So for example, like I want to get more sleep. I'm like, why do you want to get more sleep? You know, <laughs> I want to get more sleep because I know that for one, it has a lot of really great health benefits. If I am able to, that's like when my body can recover, but then I want to have more energy. Yeah, I don't want to be yawning. I don't want to be relying on caffeine. You know, a lot of people have to have coffee in the morning. What does it look like if you don't have to have that. And it may be sleep. It may be other ways. Um, but establishing that for yourself is um, what I've heard recently is like, you know, we give so much of ourselves to like our jobs and our organizations and the things that still can we derive purpose from, but ultimately are for others. But if you were to tell yourself to show up at like nine o'clock for your nine to five for you, what does that look like? Like, what does it look like to show up for yourself at the time that you would typically go to maybe a business or an organization that you work for? Or even if you are self-employed, you know, what does it look like for you to really show up in that time for yourself? And when you do get there, you know continue to build on that and improve that. So maybe your goal is to start doing or applying more meditation to your life. I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, I gotta sit for like 30 minutes, listen to like gongs and like <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Um, but there's things like the insight timer where you can, what I do is I'll wake up in the morning and even when I feel like I'm like, I don't even know what today's about to bring. And that's like the best time to really do it give yourself some quiet space. And I choose the one that I want. So it, I like that they have like about like one minute to three to five minutes, even some shorter options, or you can go longer if maybe that's more of your thing, but it's really starting somewhere and then incorporating that daily as like a measure. And I like taking, I like writing because I think it's the best way to, to record keep. I just think it feels more like when you write it down, it just feels more legit to yeah. me sometimes. Yeah. So after you've had that experience, writing on it and then, you know, going about your day and, and even to some people who may listen and hear that, they might think like, oh, now I got to think and write. It's like for a minute. And, and one of the simplest exercises that you could even do to start is the four, 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 four breathing method, which is where you could start like for a morning meditation, just start inhaling for four, holding for four exhaling for four, and then holding for another four. And just that connection will kind of give you a sense of mindfulness that can be literally the start of your meditation practice. And then the next time you do it, now you're breathing and maybe you're applying some kind of affirmation like, I am well, you know, and yeah. continuing to practice that for yourself is, is something that I would encourage people to do. 
Awesome. And yeah. and I think it goes with experimenting, right? I think Christina has also shared the same word. Like, mm. well, I'm just trying to figure it out, guys. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's different for everybody because, you know, some days I do have a morning routine and some days it's exactly what I want it to be. And some days it's not. Mm. And I, I because I used to be a perfectionist, I had to learn to just have grace with myself, right? And be like, okay, so maybe you didn't do the five things that you like to do, right? But you got one then. You woke up. Yes. <laughs> That's number one. And just having grace with that, right? And I love the I Am app because sometimes, you know, we're human, so thoughts will come to my mind, like like a doubt. I don't, I don't know if it would be like a fear. And literally my I Am app will make a noise for me to know. And the affirmation is addressing the thought that I'm having. Literally, it's like, no, everything is going to be okay. And I'm like, okay, great. Thank you for that. Right. So <laughs> it's, it's an app that I share with all the girls that I mentor because I think it is, we have so many thoughts in the day, like too many. I think we, we did a, a, we saw some type of statistics. It's like thousands of thoughts, yeah. thousands. And many of those are not positive. So having some type of system, whether it be a app, whether it be a sticky note, whether it be on your phone alarms, just to remind you of positive things to help you rewire the brain. Because if you rely only on social media and the news, which I don't watch the news, guys, you know, Christina sent me the text, um, you would just be bombarded and then your brain is not able to function. And that's when you get super empty because you're empty by giving out, but then you're also empty because you're not refilling with positive things. Yeah. So one way to refill the cup I, I do for me, it is having positive affirmations. It is listening to music that uplift my soul and gives me hope. I love music. I love dancing. So some of the other things that I personally do, um, I do, I love eating. So if you ever um, are cooking, <laughs> yes. anything, you're like, well, I need a few testers. Um, you just, you know, message me. We're available, me. basically. I will, start, I will start following you now. Why do you see our food? You're going to question I'm salty because I'm like, I didn't know that Girl. she was making food out there. I wish what? I had prepared something Man. for the day. It's okay. We're we'll just another day. We're just doing another, another day. day. We'll just do another day. It may be easier without the mic. So I yeah. got y'all. Yes. Yeah. We will be talking about it. It will be yeah. a follow-up. We'll share it on social media. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Because I love that you are really like, you inspire people by the food that you make. And I know that this was a journey, a newer journey for you. Like you are in the culinary program. So she took it to like, it's not even just like, I love to cook. Like there was a, you wanted to understand like the science and the art behind it. And, um, you know, so through food, you're also like touching people. Yeah. And so with that, like, what are you kind of, what are your, like, what is your vision with, this like new I mean you've always been passionate about food and that process but what why why go into this culinary program like what Mm. was your kind of thought with that that is such a good question uh so food I think kind of snuck up on me in my life as a way of just like again kind of this return back to childhood like I always so I used to be a really like avid baker I would bake all the sweets. I remember at one point, like my mom had this huge, just like old crusty book of like recipes. I don't even know. It was like an encyclopedia of recipes. And I had made probably like my third batch of like donuts from it. And my mom was like, you have to stop baking because we are all gaining weight and we cannot afford to. And I don't want to throw your food out either type deal. Um, But I remember things like that. And even like um, there was this recipe for what was called like chocolate thunder cake and it was this book and what was really cool was like there was a secret ingredient of tomatoes in it and it was a chocolate cake so it kind of added to the moisture and like just the richness of the flavor but people wouldn't imagine that you'd usually have like tomatoes in your chocolate cake so I would cook it which this was before like COVID and probably a lot of other safety protocols but I would cook it for classes and they would always be like so surprised but there was such a joy that was found in sharing this new food that was found in sharing like a dish just in general because I generally think that like if you consider the times that people are eating there's like never these like you know disruptive like you know if people were able to eat and just break bread with one another and like share in that communion and that fellowship with one another 
I think we would be a lot better off in a lot of ways. And so um, I believe there's like a lot of healing properties in food. And there's like that quote of um, let thy food be thy medicine by Hippocrates. And I really appreciate that because I think when we think of medicine, especially in westernized culture, a lot of it's like, you know, pills and antibiotics and things like that. But, you know, medicine um, is the first thing that you wake up and you have a glass of water and you have a piece of fruit or something that you know is going to really fuel your body throughout the day, that's like a form of medicine that we take in. And so for me, culinary wise, like at first I was like, I love cooking. I love, you know, being able to serve people, but does it make sense for me to just be a restaurant owner? Does it make sense for me, you know, to be a chef? Like in some ways I felt like I didn't want to limit myself to what, some may say is like a hobby or something that could just be of interest. And then also I didn't want to like tarnish my relationship with cooking. I didn't want it to be a labor versus a labor of love because I I love cooking and I love uh, serving people food. But at the time, especially pre like pandemic, I think there was a lot of just very like this is how you do it. This is the way. And that's the only way. And now that, you know, there's social media and there's people who have built narratives around the different professions that they're doing, I see it as just, again, this like gateway to communication, this gateway to connection. And so that's what I see my food doing in the future. And so going back to a culinary program for me was me getting the knowledge, was me getting the science, um, was me feeling safer for preparing food for, you know, customers to know all of those different procedural things. But then at the end of the day, you know, I had friends who would tell me, they're like, well, you know how to cook. Like, you don't need to go to culinary school for them to teach you that. And I was like, I I agree. But I also, for myself, kind of wanted to have that certification, that level of expertise to where um, as I continue to learn, because I know it's not just going to end there, right? I have like a really strong base. And I think that my lived experiences and my, my cooking that I've done just through the ages has been supplemented with just some understanding even at an industry level of like what the expectations are. But then apart from that, um, you know, the program that I'm in is really great with networking and communicating with other kind of like chefs and cooks around the city, which community again is like a huge part of it. Um, So I, I think long term for me, I've always had this idea that there would be a center And I have like instructional uh, cooking courses that help people to like meal prep, but also like low key make eating enjoyable without it feeling like daunting to eat healthier. Because I think a lot of people get the impression if it's healthy or good for you, it ain't going to taste good. So I'm like, I want to like debunk that because I really don't think that that's true. Um, And so I would love to equip people with some of that knowledge, some of that practice, because I think that's the other part is like, if you practice it, you get kind of to the point where you're like, oh, yeah, like I like this dish. Let me share it with people. The people who tell me like, I can't cook. I'm like, I don't know if you just... You know, I I think everyone can cook and I think it's just being encouraged and supported in the right kind of environment. And I think um, overall, if I'm able to provide spaces for people to do that and explore that, that would be like my overall goal for sure. That'd be exciting. I want to learn. Yes. I also want to eat, but I'm not, I'll take a class. I'll take a class. And I think it'd be great for our girls too. Like we, we work, we love teaching young girls, right? How to defend for themselves. And sometimes they are left with that. Or like they need to make food for themselves or siblings. So I think like that's a great thing that you can provide that service. So adults as women can get like get together and learn a couple of dishes, healthy dishes. And then for girls too. So I love that you want to do that. Because we can definitely partner in the future for that. That would be fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. And well, and I know, I know we've talked about Chef Adana, right? Yeah. Who, I love yeah. her. She's amazing. I love her so much. And I met her through your event, yeah. and she has just been like a chef mentor. And I think that's been a really cool. Like I have had few mentors in my life, so the fact that one of my first was like a chef mentor has been like really cool. Yeah. And then she's just. And amazing. We love her food. Yeah. And I love how she took, like, initially when she started her culinary journey, she would cook pretty much everything, like Mm -hmm. anything clients wanted. But then when she made a health change herself, she was like, I'm only going to make, like, vegan or, like, healthier 
like I might not be the chef for you. And, you know, and so I really appreciate that because I think to your point, it's just that's just what felt right for her. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, you know, I'm making these changes. What do I look like cooking? Like this really like it's going to be great Uh because her food is so great. But it wasn't in alignment with where she was going personally. And so she wanted to take her business concept along with her in that journey. So, yeah, shout out to Chef Adana. Yes. Like, we are huge, we huge love you. Uh, love, lovers of Chef Adana. And, <laughs> and so, Daryl, we appreciate you being here today. Girl. I feel like we could talk to you about yes. so many more things. <laughs> and I think, like, even, you know, like, a lot of our guests, like, certain conversations, I feel like, are just the beginning. Like, just yes. the start. And it's so, an introduction. Yeah, it's an introduction. <laughs> and so, as things are evolving or you're learning additional tidbits that you think could be helpful like we would love to have you back in the near future just to talk more about other things you're learning or even like you know if you decide to open that center which you know if that's the plan that will also happen Um, because I think it's important that women whether you live here in Columbus or you're listening from California to to find that community you know even if that's a virtual connection or if it's a if you're able to have that in-person opportunity um, we talk a lot about building community and understanding that, you know, it may not necessarily just fall in your lap. You're going to have to show up. You're going to have to put yourself out there or be transparent about where you are in a particular moment in your life um, and understanding that you are valued, you are seen, you are supported. And that's really the message that, you know, we often and always want to make sure that all of our listeners, the people we do business with, the clients we serve, that that truly is their takeaway when they've, you know, been a part of us or Femergy or Trueprint or even Daryl, you know, so I think I feel like... (laughs) Now Daryl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Follow her social media. (laughs) What is her social media handle? Yeah. Yeah. So my social media is my personal one, which I totally like, please follow me, but it is M-X Daryl D-A-R-Y-L and you won't regret it because like I said like I really <laughs> feel like it's 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 great like I sometimes I'm so ingrained of just watching people's videos I don't like I don't inner get I'm just, just like oh this was so good and then I'm <laughs> on to the next yeah. day and I'm like dang I didn't hit like observers. because you know some people think people do that as a hater move yeah but it's really not it's just like I'm just like I'm so busy I'm like okay I gotta go work out now I have and to go back and like them yeah I'm like, I have you to didn't go even back because like I don't want to be like dang she saw all my videos and then hit one heart I'm like I just was engaged <laughs> better, I was guys. looking at the food and it was so good we, after today she'll get better yeah, so I'm gonna get better I'm gonna get better yeah so we get people like oh my gosh that was so great I'm like did you like no we gotta stop like, being I like that text, but i didn't see you yeah. like <laughs> i gotta get better about that and i have to get better of not thinking about it in that way like We're not oh, you judging. didn't come to my event and it's like so what maybe she had something happening like it's yes not i'm getting better at that as well i'm working on it we're human we're not you know we're, we're still evolving we also learning so one takeaway from us for everyone is as you're listening to the experts that you bring we bring to this is that everybody had a journey or how they got to where they are and everybody has a story. And sometimes you don't feel like your story matters because, oh, everybody has a story. Well, who wants to hear mine? The world needs to hear your story. You have a gift. You have to give to the world. And sometimes just even by talking, sometimes your, your gift will come out of a conversation that you didn't even know you had or you hadn't acknowledged that you had, right? Because sometimes you feel it. So we want to encourage you to think about what is your story, to think about maybe those pain points you had growing up that you have been trying to really uh, bury, right? Because there is shame in there and, and you haven't processed. Like take a moment to find what what is the gift in that, right? Like we never, you know, there's things that horribly happened to us and God knows we never want that to happen again, but it happened. Uh, there's nothing we can do about it. But what is the blessing that can come out of this? Can your story help somebody else avoid some of the pain? Can he help them navigate where they are right now? And that's why I love our podcast, because by bringing people to share their stories, it once we learn so much, but then our listeners know that they are not alone, that there's other people that went through stuff and that they're still experimenting. We don't have it all together. We're still learning and you can be part of that journey. So please, please, please think about it. If you want to be part of the podcast, we'd love to have you. Yeah, 
which makes me think of our mantra. Yes. So Daryl, as you know, we close every episode, um, which I feel like you gave such a great like build up to it. Um, but yeah, we definitely want to make sure we close out today with that same intention. It's, it's bigger, bigger than, than you. you. Thank you so much for listening today. We're excited and we hope that you follow us on Instagram, True Print for Life, a YouTube channel, also True Print for Life. And make sure that you share, 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 like, watch our videos. Make sure that you follow us on all streaming platforms.